bed. Ah, yes. Today I'm going to your class. I'm going to read you something today. It's from a a devotee of a a master called uh, Ramana Maharshi. When I was in India, I got this printout. It's pretty cool. He talks about these two aspects of possibility, surrender and self-inquiry, and how they actually come together. So let's say in recovery, we have, uh, it's mostly a surrender to begin with. You admit that you're powerless over something, and uh, any life run on self will not be successful. Uh, Self cannot get out of self. All these things imply that the, the appropriate posture would be surrender. So you just sort of, and then you see that your your managing life was the cause of the unmanageability, where you didn't believe that. You thought it was them, or you know, the police, or the lack of something like money or health. But basically, it's the unmanageability is caused by our attempting to manage it. So when you get a little taste of the problem, it points to surrender. Surrender is pretty cool. And then, in other ways, recovery combines the self-inquiry, because then we do inventories. We are in recovery for a little while, and then they tell us, you know, you need to do an inventory, which is the fourth step of our 12-step program. And so in the inventory, you look at how uh, ways of how self has defeated us, you know, you look at its common manifestations in, in what you call your life. Not all, just common ones, and... They, they categorize them as resentment, which means that we feel things, fear, and harm done to others, and we look at our sexual uh, behavior because it's a good place to see how we'll harm people in the pursuit of what we want. Yeah. So they use that. So AA has a combination. There's the surrender, the admittance that you're powerless, yeah? and then in the admittance of powerlessness, you have a source of power available. Yeah? That's the, it's tricky. It doesn't go with the, the logic of the ass of self put yeah, world. It doesn't. It's sort of like you think that you could manage, you could only manage better, things would get better. But it's not, it's not because you can't manage better or that you're managing worse. It's that there's the managing. The, the essence of it is managing. So you have to admit you're not managerial quality, so to speak. And then we get to the fourth in the fourth step, and then it's an inventory. It's not like they say, all right, so turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power, and then you may have pictures of you being on a cliff with the wind blowing through your hair, and people who are important to your life looking at you with adoration. Oh, he's, he's finally let it go. He put down the thing, whatever. Now let's go home and write about the expressions or the manifestations of self in one's life, which doesn't sound too romantic or exciting, yeah? But this is how it manifests. This is what keeps the door open. So you make a decision, which is, yeah, I'd like to open the door and walk through, but the walking through isn't like a parade with you as the star. It's like a little bit of investigation. So then you investigate, you inquire by using a simple format, and it leads you to see your role in what had happened to you in this life, or what you thought had happened to you. Instead of looking at who you could blame, you sort of take responsibility for your role in it. And it's miraculous what happens. You get relief from all those people you thought were the trouble. trouble. Yeah, They don't change at all, but you change. That's the point. So AA always brings you back to you. Yeah? So, there's these two things of surrender and inquiry that AA does, and then it says in the test that you continue to do inventory just so that you can recognize the manifestations of self in one's life and not attempt to manage them, but to rely on the power that's greater than that, that manifestation, that idea of self, yeah, which you've recognize through your admittance to your impossible ability to run the show, and then uh, you feel a sense of a higher power, we call it, yeah? So this master, Ramana Maharshi, I think he passed away in 1950. He was from India. I always really liked him because he lived his life in a diaper, basically. He just left home very early. He had a near-death experience, or he felt like he was dying, and his mind shifted, and then he got motivated to find his basic seat assignment, which was in a mountain in the south of India, in the middle of the south, yeah? And he never left that mountain. He just lived there the rest of his life. 
and people gathered around him and built a little place for him to stay, and then he would give talks, you know, people would come in and out all day and night, and he'd be there, and they'd ask him questions, and he'd, you know, respond. Yeah? And a lot of people have a lot of respect for him. So this is a, a, a guy who was involved with him, and so he's going to write about these two things, this idea of surrender and self-inquiry. I think it's applicable for people in the country. So here it says simple. Uh, let me get to it. Okay, he goes, simply stated, and here's the problem. Like in recovery, Bill W. says the problem is excessive concern with oneself. Yeah, that's the root of the problem or self-centeredness. Yes. That's where they got to in four years of sobriety. People have come later and added more onto that idea. Like for me, I don't think it's obsession with self or the idea of being a someone, a historical action figure, which is what the mind's obsessing over. I don't believe that's the case. I believe there's an identification as an idea of being that. And for that identification to keep hold or to stay in place, it has to be obsessed over. That's like the glue that's applied all day. Yeah? So the mind has entertained this foreign idea that I'm something that I'm not. And for that idea to hold or to seem to be applicable every day in this interpretive experience, it has to be obsessed over to reinforce the glue, to seemingly make that seem so. It can't actually make it so, but it can seem to be so. Yes? So that selfing goes on quite a lot to support that one idea that you're the one that's thinking and or you're the object of the thoughts. Yes? So here he goes. He says, simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self which wants to extinguish itself so that the state of realization will be revealed. But anything which the individual self tries to do to eliminate itself merely prolongs its own existence. This is very important because he's not talking about an experience. He's talking about a a state or a, a... an aspect of mind that you're not going to get, you're not going to overrun. It's going to define what you think you are, you're not going to define it. Now, what you're not going to define the definitions of big M mind, yeah? The best thing is to sort of maybe learn about it and then fit yourself around them. Because if you argue with them, you're going to lose. <laughs> it's just that simple. So he's stating it very clearly. Simply stated, the problem is that there is a perception that there is an individual self. The feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate action figure, historical figure represented by the body. Yeah? So that's the problem. Which wants to extinguish itself. It wants to get out of self. Yeah? So most people who are suffering today are trying to get out of what they think their predicament is. But their predicament isn't even located in the, in the outer expression of Saturday, it's located in a mental landscape of yesterday and tomorrow, which is impossible to, to escape from because you're not there. <laughs> yeah. So it's frustrating as hell. Self can't get out of self. There's a huge axiom in recovery. Self can't get out of self. So it says, but anything which the individual self tries to do <laughs> to eliminate itself. <laughs> merely prolongs its own existence. So as you're trying to get out of self, as a self, it's actually the, it's actually an expression of being in self. So that's the thing that we have difficulty getting. We think that we can actually get out of what we're in. But the point is, we're not, the thing is, is the question, are you in it? Not to find many ways to get out of it, because we know tons of ways. Now, where a lot of us in this room are one-trick ponies, we found a way to get out of it by drinking and doing drugs, and yet that became a habit. Yeah, that's the only way we got out of it. Yeah. But what happened is, when all was said and done, we, was, we were more up the ass of self, trying to get out, out of the ass of self, by those vehicles, yeah? Because the drugs and the alcohols, it's a circuitous route. They may take you out of the SSL, but they have reserved parking back in the SSL, and you always get driven back to where you wanted to get out of, yeah? And it's frustrating because you see, why doesn't this work? Well, he's just stating it. And you may take it to be true enough, but he's making a statement here. He's just saying the dilemma is. You want the self wants to extinguish itself, or in our case, we want to manicure it, make it better, a better self, or a less, let's say, less annoying self, or a less 
vindictive self or a less resentful self or a less fearful self. We don't want to extinguish it. We want to actually <laughs> blow it up. But we like to have some of the shit we don't like to be less of, less in there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Once to see itself, so that the state of realization will be revealed, and let's say our state of realization would be, hey, I'm okay. <laughs> We're not even talking about a giant spiritual leap. We're just getting to a basic, pragmatic state of, I'm okay right now. That would be a huge realization for some of us, because we're under the presumption we're not okay most of the day. If you follow the thought system, you're not seeming to be, you're not seeming to be okay. <laughs> you want to be okay in the future, but you have this huge past that I wasn't okay. <laughs> so, but anything, so here we go, will be real. But anything which this individual self tries to do, yeah, to get, to eliminate, so whatever Paul tries to do to eliminate Paul, yeah, merely prolongs Paul's own existence. Yeah? As what? The thing I want to eliminate. Yeah? So my, by me putting water on the fire, I haven't read the gas can, and it's a gas, it's actually igniting it more than simmering it down. Yeah? But we don't seem to be able to get that, and we think if we could only manage it better, yeah, then it would finally work. And we go against all the evidence that it hasn't worked. So, if one sees spiritual practice, or let's say recovery, as something that one does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. So if you use recovery to try to get out of self, but as the self, it will say like in AA, it says the result will be nil. Unless you let go of your old ideas, the result's going to be nil. What? Oh yeah. Well, what's the oldest idea that you're holding on to? Linda, Paul. Craig, that's the oldest idea. The oldest idea that you're a Paul and a Linda. That's the one. When you let go of that, you realize you didn't have to let go of all the old ideas. Just let go of all the old, the one idea that thinks it has all the other old ideas, which is Paul. (laughs) Let go of that idea. Well, I don't see Paul as an idea. Exactly. You identified it as a thing when it isn't. It's an idea. So... If one sees spiritual practice as something that one does to, does to attain realization, then there is no solution to this problem. There is no solution because the whole problem stems from the totally false assumption that this individual self has a real existence. I've been, you know, I've been humbly attempting to share this for I don't know how many freaking years. Yeah, I must have said thousands of hours of nothing really, just to try to get to this one point, which is. It's worthy to be said again, you know, in this way. There, then there is no solution to this problem of self trying to get out of self. It's still going to promote self. Yeah? Be it spiritual or physical or vacationally or geographically. Yeah? Because the whole problem stems from not that you're in the wrong place, but from the totally false assumption that you're that person who's in the wrong place. The false assumption that this individual self has a real existence. What's, how hard is it to entertain you may not be that? Look how hard it is to entertain that you're in all day. It's such fucking, it's a credible work to keep entered, blowing up the doll of Paul, you know? It's got so many holes in it. Every, it's just leaking out constantly. I have to come to get a good picture of myself. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So here, the first path along the path to true surrender is not to throw oneself or so at someone's feet and say, I surrender. It is the cultivation of the awareness and the understanding that there is no individual self to surrender. Surrender the self. Don't surrender as the self. That's still bondage to the idea of self. But surrender the self. Surrender the old idea that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. If it doesn't seemingly disappear right away, wait, just stick with the principle. What, what else do you got to do? Yeah? Nothing else has worked. Why not try this? So he says, the first path along the path of true surrender is not to throw oneself at someone's feet and say, I surrender. It is the cultivation of the awareness 
and the understanding that there is no individual self to surrender, and that this individual self never had any time, not at any time had, has, or will have any real existence. What? Yeah. You have, a, you have a period of your life while you seem to be existing. When you were a kid, it didn't exist then. We grew into it, right? You didn't have a sense of Linda when, some, when your parents were calling you Linda. You would, oh, that's me. You had no idea there was a me or a sense of me. It was just, it was a yeah, 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 and then you hear Linda quite a lot. So you think just like a dog gets to know its name because it's the one that said the most. You know, Biff, 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 blah, 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 Biff, blah, 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 Biff. Alright, I'll go with the Biff. That's what I must be because it's all, they're always saying it with all the other stuff, alright? So, Linda, ball, 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 oh, I'm Paul. <laughs> right? So, now you crown an imaginary idea, and then you, and you give it relevance by, oh, the body. I see the body. Let's go with that. So Paul is the body. Linda is the body. Yeah. So it is the cultivation of the awareness and the understanding. And what we're doing here is a simple understanding, basically. Let's start there. Yeah? And then the understanding and the awareness will get together You'll start becoming aware of what you're not, that you used to call yourself to be, and, and that is actually the sense of surrender. It's surrendered, in a way. You realize there was nothing ever to surrender, so now you've always been in a state of surrender. Yeah. And you understand know, that there's no individual self-surrender, and that the individual self never... All this, he says. So what Ramana said on several occasions is this. Who is to surrender what and to whom? Really? That's why you ask that question. Yeah. Who is to worry what and to whom? Who is it? Who is it that's worried? Instead of, oh, I've got to get rid of all this worrying. Well, why don't you, if you get rid of who's worrying, your whole idea about all the worrying will be totally different. Yeah? Because the worrying is being given meaning to, giving, is given meaning to. The worrying isn't giving meaning, it's been given meaning to. From who? Or from the state of mind called the, the who, the worrier. So if the worrier goes, then the worries may be much easier to travel with. Yeah. Not that they got better, what you were thinking about, because how could they? They're not even happening. They're just thoughts, but you'll travel later through them. Not by learning how to, I never worry. No, forget that fucking path. But I've never been the worrier. Yeah. I'm not worried about your worrying. I'm not. As long as it's not me, I don't have much concern about what Linda or, or John C. is worrying about. But if it was me, I'd have a lot of concern probably about it. Yeah. If it was about me, damn well, that's, that's worthy to be worried about. But if I see other people, I say, what the fuck are you worrying about that for? It's not worthy to be worried about, from my point of view, because I'm not you. It's <laughs> alright, so... Who is to surrender? And, and if you guys don't want to hear this, you know, tough luck, basically. I don't want to hear it today. <laughs> who is to surrender what and to whom? He was trying to drive home this fundamental point that without this understanding that there is no individual self, that all spiritual practices are done under false pretenses. And that meditation, surrender, or self-inquiry done without this constant awareness are merely exercises in self-deception. <sighs> I found out this the hard way. Seriously. That's how I found out, the hard way. I was practicing diligently, dedicating myself to going away and sitting for 13 hours a day in places that I didn't want to really be at. You know? for like two, three weeks at a time, losing like 20 pounds because you can only eat before 12 in the day. And we gave you some gruel, some soup, soup that sucked. And then you could have liquid yogurt, you know, wah-wah, like before one in the afternoon, that was it. What motivated me to do that? I was trying to get out of self. I was. Very innocently and nobly. I didn't have many other, I didn't want to, wasn't to get great or anything, I just wanted freaking relief, and I tried a lot of other methods, doing drugs and doing this and doing that, nothing in work, so I said, fuck it, I'm willing to sit here 13 hours a day, walk 17 hours, six and a half hours, and sit six and a half hours, and I'm going to keep doing it, 
Because I saw some people that were there, and they looked brighter when I saw them a week before. So I said, they must be on something. At least they look a little clearer than they are. So I'm signing me up, and I didn't. So it wasn't, there was any, there wasn't a nasty bone in my body about it. I just gave it the best shot I could give, and that was how great it could be. I don't know. You know, severely limited, let's say, but I gave it the best shot. And after a lot of years of doing this and doing that, I realized I ran into this fundamental dilemma. Because my whole life, in quote-unquote the spiritual realm, was based on this idea of self getting out of self. I didn't know I wasn't what was claiming to be doing everything I was doing. Yeah, I didn't know what was claiming to be the meditator wasn't me. I didn't know the whole story was based on false pretenses. I did not know. I didn't have a clue. And so I kept going and getting frustrated and wondering why it's not really working. Why is it after three weeks of a retreat, it takes about a few hours for it to regroup and there's Paul again, you know? You know, maybe feel so. You, your eyes are so much clearer. Fuck, I might just get visy instead of three weeks of a meditation. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> this is a lot of work. Oh, you look really clear. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. So I ran into this quite a lot until I heard this message. Yeah, from some other person. I heard it, and it was like all the information was there, but I didn't have the I didn't have the match to, to light the bonfire. And this one little match lit it, and I realized, oh, that's why. That's why it's not working. Yeah? Because how could it work? If it worked, it really truly, truly wouldn't be serving me. It had to fail miserably, so I'd be left with my own devices to see the false pretense that my life is based on. Now, it's not a great bit of news for the selfie. Because its whole story is so fragile, it doesn't really brook much kind of prodding or probing because it's empty. It's a facade. But then again, you had no choice. The news fell upon me, and I felt like my pants were pulled down in like the Times Square, and I didn't have the urge to pull them back up, and I got used to having my pants down, and I found out it was okay. So when the next teacher came into town, I missed it, and people called me, oh, you missed much of it. I said, that's great, I missed it. You know, just started all these things that would really bother me if I missed before, meditation stuff, I started missing constantly. And I saw nothing happen, and actually I was feeling better. <laughs> I felt a lot more expansive trying not to be expansive. So I started living exactly. This is why when I read these things, it triggers a lot of feeling because I've been through both sides of what he's talking about. I, I was butting my head up against things. And of course, in self-centeredness, when something fails, you'll blame yourself. You won't see that maybe it's the approach. Maybe it's how I'm thinking, not what I'm thinking, but how, you know? Maybe it's how I'm moving about, not where I'm going to and leaving from, but how do I travel, you know? Not, oh, let me tell you all the great destinations I've been at, but how do I travel on a, a, a boring Monday in Marin City or something? How do I travel then? That's where the real key was, in my own experience, yeah? So... The best illustration of this point that I have come across appears in a recent publication in it a devotee remarked to Ramana that a certain fellow devotee must be well advanced on the spiritual path because he meditated for 8 to 10 hours every day. So here's his answer, alright, Ramana, the teacher. Oh, replied Ramana, he meditates, he eats, he sleeps, but who is meditating, eating, sleeping? What advantage is there in the meditating for ten hours a day, if in the end that in the end that only his that that only his the result of a self that what is that only some oh only has the result of establishing you a little more deeply in the conviction that it is you who are meditating. That's the freaking dilemma. Yeah, you can't do and have yourself into into a state of being. You'll just do and have yourself into a state of being the doer. And that, that's the trouble. That's the dilemma. This is, he talks about some of the main dilemmas a lot of us can fall into. This is one of them, a big one. 
And Ramana was clearly expressing, he had no opinion about the meditation for 13 hours a day. He was just wondering, is it being used to advocate the sense of being the meditator? If it is, if it has been claimed, then its value has diminished greatly. Yeah? Because now it's going to be used to emphasize the meditator. Not what was attempting to be available by meditating, but being the one who's doing the meditating. Yeah? So, the, the aspect of Ramana's teachings that one is already realized here and now is widely ignored. This <laughs> kills me. The aspect, and this guy was with him a long time, the aspect of Ramana's teachings that one has already realized here and now is widely ignored when it comes to practice. But its importance, is, its importance cannot be overstated. Ramana has said, the removal of ignorance is the aim of practice. The aim to me, my humble opinion of recovery, the aim of recovery is to diminish the mental state. That's the dominant state. The mental state represented by selfing. Selfing is a purely mental idea. It gloms onto the physical, and it claims the mental, the emotional, and all like this, but it's a mental idea. It's one from one activity only, the mental process. Yeah? It's now claiming the physicality, claims the emotionality by thinking it's the one that's doing it all. Yes? Yeah. What he's saying here is so beautiful. The removal of ignorance is the aim of practice and not acquisition of realization. Every one of these meetings, that's the aim of it, basically. It's to point out to us what we're not. That's where the ignorance lies. It's not, it doesn't lie in what we are. <laughs> the ignorance lies in what we're not. And if our mind is pivoted on the idea of what we're not, yeah, then all of its vision is a form of blindness. It's not seen clearly. Yeah? It's already been put in a position that produces a reference point called self-centeredness. And that self-centeredness is a form of blindness. You don't see everything that's right in front of you. Be why? Because of the looking. You're so intent of looking a certain way, you're blind to the actual natural scene, like when you were a kid. So, the, the most fundamental piece of ignorance is that there exists an individual self. Who is going to do to, who is going to do practice, and they and that by doing practice, this individual self will disappear or be merged in some super being. Yeah. So selfing can't make the self, the idea of the self, disappear. Yeah, its whole point, selfing's whole point, is to project the sense of self. Is to is to sort of give it flesh and blood. So you can't use the system that's producing the self to get out of the self. Yeah? <laughs> All you're going to do is get more of self. He's trying to humbly say it in so many ways. Just put it on our front of our feet so that maybe instead of walking over it and still doing and having, maybe we will stop and just check it out and see if you can hear the cards being reshuffled up here. So here we go. Until this concept is eliminated, so these are like the requirements, just like that Zen treatise, Faith Mind. It says everything is clear and undisguised, but if you've got preferences, you ain't going to see it that way. So this is our role in it. It says, you, until this concept is eliminated, on the mental level, that's all it needs. It doesn't need to be eliminated on the physical level because it's not on the physical level. It doesn't need to be on the emotional It's not on the emotional level. It's claimed all of that stuff from the mental realm, but it can't leave the mental realm. It's not of body. Yeah? So, until this concept is eliminated on the mental level, it is not an exaggeration to say that one is wasting one's time in attempts to surrender or to inquire, who am I? Correct attitude and correct understanding of this matter are of the preeminent importance if the application of Ramana's teaching is to be successful. 
Or like in Buddhism, they talk about the Eightfold Path, and the first way it starts is the right view. And then there's right meditation, something, right understanding, right this, right that, right this, right that. Now, to me, if you start at, let's say, four, right meditation, that's probably not going to produce a right view. But the right view will migrate and make the meditation sort of right. Yeah? Because therefore you won't be trying to get anywhere or get anything. You'll just sit, like they say in Zen, just sit. Yeah? Now that doesn't go well with the ass of self citizens because they want they have to be busy doing something. So when you say just sit, oh but there's a reason we're gonna get enlightenment. No, just sit. So returning now to the practice of surrender. Here we go. And bearing in mind the necessity of maintaining the right attitude with regard to the non-existence of the individual self. This is what we've attempted to do in recovery. We didn't try to, we don't change it, we're just trying to add something to it. Like he's talking about. Add an understanding so that when you do an inventory, maybe you won't keep calling the expressions of self yours. Maybe you'll say, see resentment as an expression of a foreign installment instead of your expression. Maybe you'll see fear as a, as a result of something being in place that's not naturally so. Maybe. And if it's the case, stay true to that understanding. And then when you do an inventory, it's going to be quite educational because it will reveal to you what you're not. You're not the one who has resentments. Yeah. No, I mean, and I mean, I'm not in cahoots with this guy. I never met him. He's lived in India. But it streamlines so perfectly with my experience sharing this message here and in recovery. It means... So returning now to the practice of surrender and bearing in mind the necessity of maintaining the right attitude in regard to the non-existence of the individual self. There remains the problem of how to surrender since the mere desire to surrender invents an illusory person who is going to surrender. All right, how do we do it? Well, the key to the problem and the key to all problems connected with the practice of Ramana's teaching is to bypass the mind and move to the realm of being. Being. Yeah? One cannot truly surrender. What's being? Uh, Do you feel alive? No? Maybe that's an indication. Being. Being is not a being, which be a noun. It's being, which is a verb. Yeah? Don't you feel like you're a generator that's at least on the body? So what's allowing that to be? What's giving it the energy to be, to becoming, to be, 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 being, being, being? What is that? That life force or whatever. Yeah, maybe sort of look and see if you can go, instead of right to the idea of being you who's alive, maybe go to what's alive. And you may find that it's not you. Yeah. I don't know, it's just like, to me it's really helped. My understanding would go to a certain rung on the ladder, yeah, and I would think that was the ceiling. But then if someone was somewhere else on the ladder went, and gave me an invitation, I could entertain the possibility, hey, you can go farther, yeah? It's okay you don't want to go, but there's a possibility, yeah? You can go up, and then if someone else would show up and go, hey, don't stop now if you don't want to. If you want to, you know, set up camp there, it's fine. But hey, this is what we're, this is what's inspiring to me is when people bring in new possibilities so that you realize, hey, it doesn't necessarily have to be the way I think it is. It could be something so much different. Maybe my health, maybe my happiness isn't based on physical health. Maybe my happiness isn't based on material security. Maybe my happiness doesn't have to be based on anything other than the state of being that I am. That's an interesting possibility. So, yeah. Okay, so, how are we going to get out of this situation if uh, if desire implies that there's someone who's desiring surrender? Yeah, that's the thing. One can, okay, so here it goes. The key to the problem and the key to all problems connected is, is to bypass the mind and move to the state of being. One cannot truly surrender without escaping from that vast accumulation of ideas and desires <laughs> we call the mind. And according to Ramana, one cannot escape or destroy the mind by any kind of mental activity. Ah! Ramana's solution is to let the mind subside to the point where it disappears. 
And what remains when the mind has subsided is the simple pure being that was always there. So what's happening is your reference point is going to shift. You're not going to be in an in a artificial produced reference point. You as this body and this linear historical figure. It's going to suddenly or maybe very, very profoundly be shifted to another state that's going on, not a mental state, not a physical state, not an emotional state, not a circumstantial state, but a state of being. And just see how your life looks from there, and you'll have plenty of information to compare it to, because you still have memory, and you'll be able to remember how it used to be seen, how situations used to appear, how you seem to appear, and maybe... If it fits, wear it, bro. Mm-hmm. Fuck around in it. See what happens. So, in a conversation and talks, Ramana gives the following illuminating answer. He says, It is enough that one surrenders oneself. Surrender is to give oneself up to the original cause of one's being. One sources within oneself. Give yourself up to it. That means that you should seek the source and merge in it. And you ain't the source. You're like a very weak, watery condiment. (laughs) 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 Like you go to some Chinese restaurants, you think it's soy sauce, but it's past the point of being soy sauce. It's like like caramel-tinted water. There's no sauce in it at all. It's just... They just want to milk it, you know, over and over again. So. This is an immensely profound statement which not only sweeps away many of the myths that surround the practice of surrender, it also shows an indication. So this is his humble opinion, that surrender is really just giving up the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, or just entertaining an idea, and then when you sense the sense of being, to sit there, just rest there, and maybe start calling that you. And you don't even have to call it you, because it already is. Yeah? You can just rest in silence and see what happens. Maybe, and if it works for you, why not? So, this is an immense... It also shows an indication that the route to the rediscovery of the self is the same whether one chooses to label it surrender or self-inquiry. If we examine the statement closely, it is possible to extract three important conclusions regarding Ramana's attitude and approach to surrender. Firstly, there is no external deity or manifestation to whom one must surrender. Secondly, the source of one's own being is within us. And thirdly, and most importantly, true surrender is to go back to the original cause of one's own being and remain firmly and continually rooted there. How could you do that when the mental process seems to captivate our interest and attention? I'm telling you, this is what I found out from my own experience. Why the mental process captivates me so much is it's about me. It's the identification with the thoughts and the feelings by the bridge of my feelings and my thoughts, and they're about me, that keeps me captivated. When I start entertaining I may not be that, then I start to lose interest in the systems that have been used to produce and reinforce the sense of the self. Yeah? And therefore, the, the reinforcement was weaker, and therefore it was much more easy to, to breathe out of it, you know? To expand out of it. The suit wasn't so tight-fitting, yeah? So, if we... Okay. If, there is, if this is translated into terms of practical advice, then surrender comes down to two words, being and stillness. Ramana says, your duty is to be and not to be this or that. I am that I am sums up the whole truth. The method is summed up in be still. You may not like this guy, but if you sort of are you interested in him, it's nice to get to the root of what he's saying. And he's not there to say it, so this guy was with him for many, many years. So that sounds pretty good to me. So it says the stillness and the being which Ramana speaks coexist with each other and reveal themselves in their full radiance whenever interest in one's thought stream dries up. <laughs> the thought stream I call selfing. That's exactly what it is. Yeah? And why it dries up, it can, is if it's not about you. Because if it's not about you, you will really see how fucking boring it is. How it's the same old, same old. 
It's just loops and loops, and all it does is change objects. Instead of Harry, it's now Jim. You know what I mean? But it's the same patterns swirling around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, don't worry about being lost. That's better than being found. Because it's not being lost. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not about don't don't try to understand the words. Just feel you know. All right. All right. So the stillness and the being. So let's say stillness. Let's see what I call silence. You know, like sometimes when you're laying down and there's no sound, or when, and then a sound appears, it sort of sounds, the sound that appears emphasizes the silence that is there, right? It's, you know, like, if it's really silent, then you hear something in the silence, like a noise. But then the noise, if it's only like one note, really emphasizes the silence that's the surrounding. So that's like stillness, yeah? Or the, the lack of agitation of mind. Not because the mind's not agitated, that your interest is, is off the agitation. Yeah, by realizing it's not you. Okay? And the being, you're on, right? You feel on. There's like a buzz going in a sense. You can feel energy. Yeah? Crackling sometimes. You're aware. You're seeing things, aren't you? Hearing, feeling, tasting. So that sort of presupposes something's here. Something's on. Why not rest in that? Yeah. So rest in not I was and I will be, but the being of what you are. Yeah? The mental process is resting in I was and what I will be, which isn't restful. It's agitated. Yeah? But in the being right now, there's rest. Yeah? So that's, that's what he's saying, in my view. I'm just trying to put it out that way. The stillness and the being which Ramana speaks coexist with each other and reveal themselves in their full radiance whenever interest in one's thought stream dries up. So that's, the, that's, the, that's like the requirement. If the thoughts, if the interest in the thought stream doesn't say the thought stream dries up, the interest in the thought stream dries up. In other words, the interest leaves the thought stream and goes somewhere else into the state of being. If, if that's in place, you're going to sense the presence that we call talk about in recovery, like the spiritual presence of higher power. That's the sense of it. Yeah, it's your own presence, really. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here goes. So again, he goes to. The removal of ignorance is the aim of practice and not acquisition or realization. Here we go. It is extremely relevant in this connection, for it is only wrong ideas that separate us from a full awareness of our natural state. You hear these statements? Rests, you know, these can, these are like fucking ready-made keys at Goodman's, yeah? They're already just put it in the lock. <laughs> you don't have to get your own, you don't have to make up your own key from twigs and something. It's the keys right there. Just entertain it. Yeah? It's not difficult. I hear it, it stops my mind. I'm like, what? So it's extremely relevant. That means it's important <laughs> in this connection. For it is, only, it is only wrong ideas that separate us from a full awareness of our natural state. The final stage of surrender is simply a giving up of attachment to ignorance by bypassing the mental processes which cause it perpetuated. The final stage of surrender. It's simply a giving up of attachment. What is the attaching quality to the thought stream? The one who has the thought stream, the sense of self, that's the attaching quality. Not the thoughts, but the one who's the thinker. That's where the attachment lies. And he's saying, all right, we're not even saying give it up. Entertain it may not be so. See what happens. So the final stage of surrender is simply a giving up of attachment to ignorance by bypassing the mental processes which cause and perpetuate it. So ignorance isn't like a static thing. There's nothing called ignorance. It's being produced. Yeah? And you are a huge part of that production. If you take your interest and attention that's being used to produce that, something else will be, not something that doesn't need to be produced will become obvious. When the production of all this shit stops, what is will become obvious. Yeah? It doesn't have to be produced. So it's a true letting go. Yeah? It's like putting the ball down and you don't have to pick the ball up. Something else picks the ball up. Yeah? 
So all you need to do is look at your role in it all, yeah? and then maybe if you're not that, that is playing that role, the attention interest can get dismissed, and then the situation will change dramatically. Not by working on the situation, but by telling the truth about who's in the situation. So, the practice is the fruit of the conviction that there is nothing to surrender, for by denying attention to the mental processes, one is finally surrendering the erroneous idea that there is an individual self to surrender. I'm going to stop there. The next week I'll do the rest because it gets too much. Now they weren't just periods, they're like all exclamation points. (laughs) You want to go around, you want to freaking manicure the bush, go ahead. Least more leaseful period. You want to take. Don't have to give this guy credit. See if what he says resonates to you. These people pursued, these people spent a lot of time and attention to to dwell in what we don't have private attention maybe to do. Yeah? They observed, they watched what was going on in mind. And they had something shifted in them, and they're willing to talk about it so that we can entertain the same possibilities. Yeah? Here's somebody. We finally got a winner. All right. Yes, we won a new, a new, you won a new, uh, what's it called? Something. Yes. You were the first caller. <laughs> you'll get a, you'll get a, a, a mimeograph copy of this lovely exercise. Just give me your address and everything. So this is how it, when I was first introduced, I went, I was introduced to this some of this writing. It motivated me so much. I went to India and we'll see where this guy lived. I didn't know anyone there. I just went by myself, flew over there, took a three-hour cab ride from the airport, got to Tiruvannamalai. Didn't even know what was going on there, so I stayed in a, a hotel in the. In, there was like this little western enclave where all these people thought they were entertaining these ideas. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I was in a, I stayed in an Indian hotel and I was the only person on this whole floor. <laughs> and then I finally figured out, hey, where's this Ramana Mahashri Bashan? And I wrote, rented a bicycle for five cents a day, rode there, and I thought, oh, oh, it's so funny, man. I said it was a beautiful place, and then I just walked around, and he lived at this mountain. So I just, what would motivate someone to do that? Well, because of what I read, it was like those matches on that bonfire. The knowledge is already in place. You know all that you need to fucking know. It's just, it's just accessing it. Just like sometimes I have something to do with my health. I'm not a master of health. I need to go see someone else. And then they do something, and they they work with me to facilitate the flow of energy. Like I go into my acupuncturist yesterday. He's not healing me. It's a partnership. His needles allow something to occur. I can allow the energy to move. I can't seem to do it without it. Yeah? So then I do it that way. This is the point. Maybe these people were up at a point on the ladder that they're just looking back and saying, hey, don't, this is, if you, this is way, this is the fake wrong, this is the fake wrong, this is the fake wrong, don't step there, don't step there. Yeah? Who knows? I take it that way. And then I, what happens is it motivates a great appreciation and gratitude for people I've never met. Because they've, uh, I don't know about you, but if you get a taste of, uh, of freedom, the mental state is hell in a lot of ways. You know, to have so many things demanding your attention that are dead ends all day, you know, and nothing, nothing, what the, the harvest it produces is like you can't get much nutrition. It's, it's suffering with fear of more suffering, with remembrance of past suffering. Yeah? Of course, of course you're going to feel great when you buy a jacket. Or something. You're going to get a little relief from that never-ending thing, you know? But then you got to go buy another jacket or another this because none of it fucking works. You know? There's nothing wrong with it, but it just doesn't work. And then it becomes, the, the need to get relief becomes a sl- form of slavery in and of itself. 
because you just keep you can't like I'm laid up now and so I have the remote because the computer has got some books I've got tons of things going on just in case the mind gets unruly there you go you just do this do that you know what I mean I mean geez it's like having four little kids in your head you've got to keep them playing you can't just say, all right, we're going we're gonna to have a sit-down for four hours. No fucking way. They're like, running around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need, some people have four screens going on at once. They're watching four games. They got to do this. I mean, it's just how to keep this thing fucking at bay before it rips on me a new one. You know? <laughs> that isn't living. That's like living on the tyranny. Adapting and adapting. And our ability to adapt can go to a point where it's a disservice. Sometimes you're taking way too much shit. You know, you've got to realize this is intolerable. And maybe put your foot down. No matter how much it's going to upset others who have, you know, we, we all have this unspoken contract. Don't really admit how intolerable it is. Let's just have a joke about it and go shopping and this and that. Fuck it, it's intolerable. Intolerable, I have ten jackets in my closet, not one of them has made me truly happy. <laughs> the pursuit of it worked for a while. <laughs> it's okay, this is the way the place is, you know. And you know, our our suffering produces profit for others. <laughs> so I mean this is how the duality goes, you know. One person wins and the other person loses. And there's a winning and the losing and there's a losing and the winning. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. Seemingly here. So, yeah. I found it incredibly motivating to hear this. And uh, that's why I decided to do the talks. Not, I didn't decide, but I couldn't wait to hear it more. You know? And I didn't want to go travel. I didn't want to go to India. You have to go to India to hear it. I didn't. It's a long trip. And my stomach doesn't do well though. So let's just have it in Marin City, you know, every Saturday. So that maybe you can have a little stop to that fucking locomotion in your head. I don't know, you know. So there. Any questions today? I think it's recorded actually. Success. So maybe I'll do this. You were reading all of them? Yeah. And then you said it was an individual's writing about.